Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, this is Mark, and I want to welcome you to another special edition of the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today is the 4th of January, 2017, and this is going to be part four of the Authority Hacker New Year Starter Series. It's a series of seven podcasts, one per day, and we'll be taking you through everything you need to know to get your profitable authority site up and running. You can find the show notes, links, resources, and all sorts of fun stuff at authorityhacker.com forward slash starter. Now, today's podcast is all about creating a credible first site. You don't have to have any tech knowledge to do this. Absolutely anyone can do it these days for very little cost. But there are a handful of things which, if done right, will really make your site look credible, both in the eyes of Google and your visitors, and will just make you stand out, and this can really make all the difference. But before we start, I want to personally invite you to a free training webinar we're doing on Sunday. The title of the webinar is The Exact Techniques Perrin Used to Turn $2,000 into an Authority Site Worth Over $200,000. So if that sounds interesting, so if you're thinking of starting an Authority Site yourself this year, then please do come along, join us, it's totally free. It's going to be on this Sunday, the 8th of January at 9pm London, 5pm New York, and there will be an alternate time the following day as well. All the details and sign-up forms, etc. on Authority authorityhacker.com forward slash webinar. But now let's get started with today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to this podcast and we're going to talk about how to build a credible first site. And today I'm with Mark and Perrin. How's it going guys? Good. Very well, thank you. Cool. So the reason we wanted to talk about that is because most people get quite intimidated at the idea of creating a website. And the truth is, your first website is very likely to be the ugliest, least trustable one as well. The good news is, you know, as you build more, they will get better, or as you have several iterations of the first one, they will get better. However, when it's the first time that you do that stuff, there are things that you spend way too much time on that don't really help you. And there are things that you should spend more time on that you don't think are important. And the reason why your site needs to look credible, there's several reasons, right? The first one is, well, if you want to make any kind of sales, like affiliate sales or whatever, you need your site to look good enough. You need people to trust information on it, click on the links and actually buy stuff. So, you know, you are not selling right away, but you are, you know, you need people to trust the information and click on the link and trust clicking on the links. The second one is if you're going to be following the stuff we talk about in terms of SEO, you're going to need to talk to other websites that will and you will essentially ask them to link to your website. If your website doesn't feel very trustable, it's very unlikely these people will link to you. And that is the reason why a lot of newbies end up doing gray hat SEO and then losing everything over a Google update because they are unable to convince other webmasters to link to their site. So that's why all that stuff is important. Did I forget something, guys? No, I think that's it. I just wanted to add to that. The first, when you arrive at a website, you make an initial impression of it. And there's various statistics floating around there. But basically, the time in which people judge your site is shrinking. It's at four seconds or something now. So if you don't make an initial good impression, then people are just going to hit the back button and go to another site. Let's talk about 
the first elements and i think i'll let you do that one mark actually i think that's yours okay well i mean this kind of applies even before you as a visitor at least even before you go to a site and that's the domain name because whenever you put a search in google you, you i don't know at least i do i have a look at the domain name and the all, all the factors around that and I, I kind of i'm already making a judgment off of that just to go through a few good and bad points i mean if it's a com domain name i think that's a good thing unless it's some kind of local site but going for .coms always always a plus as opposed to going for like a .info or something which is generally we wouldn't recommend if something has like a branded name to it like health ambition which is one of our sites or authority hacker it's one of our sites it's good if you're going for best juicer reviews .info with a hyphen in between each word i generally wouldn't trust that site it just looks kind of spammy from the domain name i think it's also important as well that the domain name should be easy to identify should make it easy to identify the purpose of the domain so health ambition is kind of quite obvious authority hacker i would say it's probably not quite so obvious no. i mean if you if you're in internet marketing it's it's obvious but we actually get a lot of people asking us like hacking questions like computer hacking questions so maybe we should have rethought, rethought that one a bit more one other thing that's really important, actually, is the domain name needs to be easy to remember and to speak. Because when you read a word, you you kind of speak it to yourself in your head. And if you can't pronounce it or you're not quite sure what it is, it creates this like disconnect in your brain and it makes it harder to remember. And the final thing I want to say, actually, is that it needs to be broad enough. If you go for the best 2017 black coffee makers over $300.com, then it should be obviously a terrible name, but you're kind of pigeonholing yourself there and you, you, you won't have enough room to expand. So with like health ambition, it's very broad and there's a lot of opportunities to, to grow out of, of what we've done already and to incorporate other sections with, with health and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's basically, I think the, the dot .info stuff, et cetera, I would definitely avoid like, it just, it looks spammy and it's still a dot com, it's a dot com world, right? I recommend people to use instant domain search to look for domains. And we actually have a podcast about finding domains, but in this case, like we're really focusing on the first one and credibility is very important. I'm going to pick the second one, I think, and uh, Perinella is pick the next one. And the next one is decent hosting and most importantly, making sure your site stays up. Most hosting companies will stay up most of the time. However, some of them will probably like scam you or whatever. So we recommend that actually you go for either SiteGram or WPX hosting. And the reason we like these two is because they allow you to have an SSL certificate for free. And the SSL certificate essentially is the HTTPS in your domain name instead of the HTTP. So that is something that you normally used to pay for and that was quite complicated to set up. But now you can actually set it up in a very easy way. And we did a podcast about that. It's podcast number 46. Yeah, just sorry, just to interrupt. If anyone wants the links to any of these sites or links to the other podcasts we're mentioning, go to authorityhacker.com forward slash credible and uh, you'll, you'll find all the show notes and stuff in there. Yeah, so what I wanted to say is like a lot of spam sites will not have the HTTPS. It's it's an extra step to add. It's also going to become more important in 2017. Google Chrome is going to, you know, now on an HTTPS site, say it's a secure site. But in the future, in on an HTTP site, they will say it's a not secured site. And so far, SiteGround and WPX hosting have been 
some of the companies that have been providing it for free, they don't all do it. I don't know if it's going to change this year. You know, maybe it's going to become standard for most hosts, but that's why I want to say in terms of uptime, usually, unless you have a big site, it's not going to be a problem, but the free SSL is quite important. And it's quite easy to set up. So it's definitely worth having in terms of adding credibility. People will be like, oh, they are like a, a secured site and it shows some kind of degree of seriousness that you will give you an edge in terms of credibility. I just want to add something as well. If you see someone recommending uh, Bluehost, first of all, never use that that company for hosting. There's a lot of reviews out there which say they're great, but the real reviews, they all say, or most of them say at least, they're, they're not very good. Uh, the reason they get promoted so much is because they, they actually pay the highest amount of commission uh, to affiliates who recommend people to them. So uh, that instantly is a sort of sign that you probably shouldn't trust the person recommending them. Yeah. Do you want to do the next point, Perrin? Yeah, let's talk about the CMS and the theme. So CMS means content management system, and there are lots of them out there. So you've probably heard of stuff like Squarespace or Wix and some of these other ones. We always recommend using WordPress, and in fact, in our new Authority Site System course, which is for sort of beginning marketers, we have a lesson called why WordPress is the only alternative because that's really what we think. There are a few reasons for that. First of all, it is ubiquitous. So it's basically everywhere and more and more sites are getting on board with WordPress. So it's getting a bigger percentage of the market share. And that has lots of tangential benefits, not the least of which for us is that there are tons and tons of tools that we can use for authority site building that connect with WordPress that doesn't happen on Squarespace or Wix, right? Also, because it's so big, there's going to be an answer for every single problem you have with WordPress on their forums, of course, but also in the form of their support. So you can find, you can Google answers to pretty much everything, which makes it very easy to overcome whatever technical hiccups you run into. Also, they have really good support and it's free. So that's another big plus for lots of people. So I think also a lot of these platforms, yeah. they kind of like tie you in terms of like domain or domain name, like people are like, you know, even if you talk like Blogspot or whatever other stuff people may use to start websites, you know, just owning your domain name and being able to keep control of it. And usually, you know, most sites being WordPress, like it's 27% of the internet at this point or something. If you're like everyone that has a legit site, then you're most likely to be seen as a legit person as well. That's like that is to tie back to the credibility part of it. Uh, yeah, and and WordPress is more of an enterprise solution too, which makes it easier to grow. Like I think People Magazine is on WordPress, so it's good for both small and large sites. And of course, if you are doing what we are doing, you want to grow into something really big, and that's much easier with WordPress than it is with lots of other CMSs that are built for smaller bloggers. So only use WordPress. That is the idea. For themes, there are just a few basic guidelines. Obviously, you just want to choose a theme that you enjoy. What's a WordPress theme first? Because some people might not know. Yeah, WordPress theme is sort of the framework that you install that includes sometimes the structure of your site, but mostly the design of your site. Mm -hmm. And they can have other elements built into them, but mostly it's going to be the way your website functions and looks. There are a few basic guidelines to keep in mind while you are choosing a theme. I think the first and most important is that it should be simple. That's not to say that it can't have cool design elements and look really good, but 
It should not be really complicated. It should be easy to find your way around. Text should be on white background, and there shouldn't be lots of elements everywhere. Simplicity uh, is always good for usability, and most of the time, in almost all cases, it's going to uh, increase conversions and that sort of thing. So look for websites that appear mostly very simple. You also want sites that are mobile-friendly. More and more internet searches or internet activity is happening through phones these days. And so, and Google is rewarding websites that are mobile friendly. And are they doing anything to websites that aren't mobile friendly? Yes. Well, uh, what's happening this year is that essentially the index is really splitting into two different index. And so like the mobile index will have its own ranking factors and desktop index will have its own ranking factors. And so like, you know, if you are not mobile friendly on the mobile index, you'll do very bad. So you want to make sure that it's mobile friendly. You can use a website called mobiletest.me to test if it is mobile friendly. You also want to make sure your theme is SEO friendly. Most of the time that means that there's not a lot of code bloat. And there are various ways to test that, but it's basically, I mean, you can look at like a text to code ratio. There are plenty of tools online if you Google it. You also want a code that is pretty fast. And, you know, like your theme isn't the only thing that plays into site speed. There are lots of factors, but having a really complicated theme with lots of unnecessary code can slow you down. Yeah, um, I recommend people use the um, Pingdom tool to track the site speed on the demo site of the theme. You know, obviously, like the hosting is gonna count, but it's like if I'm thinking, hesitating between several themes, you know, sometimes speed might be a tiebreaker, and I just put these the two demos in uh, Pingdom, and the one that comes up first is the one I pick. Right, and you also want to make sure maybe that. When you load the theme, you could publish a, a test blog post with elements or even look at the demo site to make sure that all of the appropriate on-page elements are there. So to make sure that there's a title tag, to make sure that there's an H1 tag and that all of this stuff is occurring by default so that you don't have extra work to do when you go to do your on-page optimization. Because some one things thing, don't. Yeah. One thing I just want to add is when you're looking at the demo site, that's pretty much the best it will ever look. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of my websites have ever looked as good mm-hmm. as the, the demo site. So don't kind of get too sold on the, oh yeah, my site's going to be as good as this because Probably in not. many cases, it's, in most cases, it's not going to be that, that, that way. But that doesn't matter. You know, The goal is not to have a perfect design site. It's just to be good enough. Yep, so just to recommend a few different themes for you to use, and there will be links in the show notes for each of these so that you can go check them out yourselves. For free, there's one called Smart Magazine, and there's another one called Activello. Paid themes, there's the Genesis Framework, which is an extremely popular theme, and it's very flexible, albeit a little bit hard to use. And there's Thrive Themes, which we recommend all the time, and we mostly build our sites on. And one that I would add maybe is probably the most popular WordPress theme out there, which is newspaper sites like Lifehacker uses newspaper, which is just an out-of-the-box, beautiful theme that is uh, super-duper fast and really easy to use. So, yeah, that's themes. Okay, cool. Okay, so the next one is like once you have your site set up, it's hosted on a company that gave you an SSL certificate, you have a good domain name, you have a good WordPress theme that looks legit. You know, obviously, you're not going to necessarily want to keep the WordPress theme stuck unless you're authority hacker because that's basically what we did. But it was not necessarily a good idea. You probably want to, to tweak it a little bit. And so that is where people lose a lot of time usually. Like people want to make the site look perfect. 
I don't think it's a really good idea when you're starting a website because really your goal is to start making money as soon as possible. And if you look at a lot of like affiliate sites out there, etc., they're really not award-winning in terms of design, and you don't need that. But one thing that will in- there's three elements that will increase the trust, and it's pretty easy to build these three elements. And the first one is brand colors. So one thing that makes your site looks quite professional is to have colors that keep coming back and have you that consistency in colors. You see it on Tori Hacker, you see it on Health Ambition. And you know, you don't need to be a designer to pick colors that go well together. There are websites we recommend brandcolors.net and color.adobe.com. Both on both of these sites, you will have designers that put together collections of colors. You can literally just reuse and you get the code, the hexadecimal code for the colors, and you can use it in the customization option of your WordPress theme. Most of them will have this. That is the first thing. The second thing that we recommend you have is a logo. Now, logos used to be really expensive to create, etc. But now, uh, using Fiverr.com, you can get decent logos for $5. They're not going to be like award-winning logos or the next Nike, but they're going to be good enough and that's what we use for the case study site on the authority site system, actually. And the third one is fonts. It's really simple, but if you keep using the same fonts over and over on your site again, and you have a good pair of fonts, so usually you want a different font for the headline and for the body of the text, we recommend you use a website called fontpair.co. And essentially, it's a collection of fonts that go well together. And these are Google fonts. So they are free fonts. And then there is a bunch of Google font plugins on WordPress as well. So you can actually import all these fonts and just in the settings, say, set my heading to this font, which is, which you found fontpair.co and for my body, same thing. And if you have all of these, if you have brand colors, you have a decent logo and you have decent fonts, I think you can make a site look pretty good. And for those who will join the authority site system, you'll see what we did with that. Do you want to add yeah, something, uh, parent? Yeah. Sorry. So for. Um... Okay. Do you want to jump in, Mark? <laughs> no, I just wanted to remind everyone that you can go to authorityhacker.com slash credible to find all the links for everything we've mentioned in this, in this show. I want to reemphasize how easy it is to make your site look really good just with fonts. So like having a really nice font that's different than your out-of-the-box theme is a huge upgrade for most sites. And also making your font size a little bit bigger tends to make sites look a little bit cleaner. So that's one little hack. For colors... That can be a difficult thing for a lot of people who don't have design backgrounds. So two tips for that is to look up matte color palettes or like flat color palettes because that's sort of the trend in UI because they're so like pleasing to the eye. And if you are ever in doubt, go on Upwork and hire a designer's time for like half an hour and just have them look at your site and your color palette to try to tell you if it's like too harsh or whatever. Like I can't tell you how many sites I've seen from our students or whatever who have like neon green in them and (laughs) it's just atrocious and it turns people off and it makes you look like an amateur. So it's worth, you know, the $15 to hire a designer for half an hour just to say, yes, this color palette's good or bad or to do a screen share and have them pick one for you because it, it's going to be something that you'll be using for you know the whole life of your site. So little hacks there because they're tiny things that can make a big difference in how your site looks. 
And one thing I just want to add is be careful if you're asking sort of friends and family too often what they think, because it's very easy to have an opinion about design, but it doesn't mean your opinion's right or your opinion's any good. So just be careful there. And the other thing I want to say is when you're looking for logos on Fiverr, it's worth spending, you know, 10, 15 minutes really searching around. There's a lot of people offering logos, but searching around through their portfolios and find someone whose general style you like. And if you can point to one logo in or a number of logos in their portfolio, which you like the style of, it's going to be very easy to say, hey, I want something like this for my new, I don't know, swimming site or something like that. Cool. Yeah. So and we actually did an entire podcast on this point. It's about having a persona and whether actually whether that should be a real or a fake persona which we get into in, in a lot of detail in, in that podcast but the concept is that you you want to have one important sort of main figurehead who's easily identifiable as the person behind the site so even if you you have like a big team of people working or it's just you like having someone who's the face of the site is is really useful because your readers will be able to first of all resonate with that person. And this is one of the reasons why it can actually be beneficial to have someone who's not you as, as a face or even like a, a fake person. So if you're in some kind of, I don't know, the knitting niche and you're a, an 18 year old college kid, you're probably not going to resonate very well with uh, most of the people who are consuming your content. So it's important there. But also when it comes to link building, you want to have someone you're not just a faceless website reaching out you're like a, a real person or what seems like a real person of course i think most of the time in fact almost all of the time is better to, to use yourself personally if you can but you know i understand some people especially in some niches they want to have their own privacy and don't want other people finding it or on social media and and that kind of thing but Whatever you do, have someone who is a persona, a real or a fake persona, preferably you, who's kind of like the face of the site. Make sure your photo's on there, on the sidebar, on the homepage. You have a, a nice little about page with your, your kind of story, your backstory, how you got to where you were, how you used to be just like your users and how you solved that problem if it's a niche like that. But yeah, just, just kind of have that whole background that, that people can buy into. Okay. I completely agree. I think it's like, you know, initially you're like, ah, oh, I, I don't want to pretend to be someone, etc. But like, especially for the outreach, when you're going to be doing link building, it really helps to be able to present yourself as the author of the website. Now, it could be you, but that makes selling harder later. That makes uh, other, like, you know, you're not always your target market, etc. In general, we like, uh, as professional site builders, we like doing that. If you only will ever have one site and it's your passion, then I would recommend you use yourself, right? So, but overall, putting your picture of that person, at least in the author box at the bottom and in your about page is, is highly recommended. Yeah, when you do it yourself, you also open yourself up to like more opportunities. You can do sort of coaching or it's much easier to do webinars and podcasts and, and, and this kind of thing than it is if you if you have a, a fake persona there as well. So it's, it's always preferential to do yeah, that. Yeah, it depends uh, what your plan is, you know. One thing I would say is we're, we're absolutely not saying you should sort of lie or make up some like fake 
qualifications or pretend you're a doctor or something something like that that's never a good idea it's likely to land you in a lot of trouble it's just really the same concept as how some writers you you know back in the day used to use pen names instead of their own own name so yeah anything to add on that uh Perrin? did we say that it can be easier to sell a site yeah i mentioned it really quickly but you know i speak fast so uh. yeah so i mean basically uh, if you ever plan to sell your site it's much easier to do or it at least takes a little bit of the complexity out of the process if you are not the face of the site if there's a general persona that is the face of the site and it also makes it easier to hire people to do to hire multiple people to do outreach if there is one persona they could work under so yeah there are pros and cons to each but for most people it doesn't matter too much. You just have to pick one and stick with it and understand the pros and cons. Yep. Okay. That was the last point of that podcast, actually. Uh, slightly shorter, but really important to do all these things. It's This is what's going to make white hat link building possible, even if you have a tiny site. So look incredible. Just by using these few things we've talked about today, the brand colors, the fonts, the logo, the, the persona, at least the real or fake, having a proper theme, Having SSL is tiny, still an, uh, an advantage today, and so on. Guys, just before you go, I want to quickly remind you that we are running a free training webinar. The first one's going to be this Sunday, that's the 8th of January at 9 p.m. London, 5 p.m. New York. And there'll also be one on Monday, the 9th of January at 10 p.m. New York, 8 p.m. West Coast. So whichever time zone works best for you. The title of the webinar is how is the exact techniques Perrin used to turn $2,000 into an authority site worth over $200,000. It's going to be awesome, full of new stuff, new tips and tricks, everything you need to get started. So if you are thinking of starting a new authority site this year, please do come along. You can sign up at authorityhacker.com forward slash webinar. So I hope you enjoy this podcast, guys, and we'll see you tomorrow. What is the podcast tomorrow, Mark? Talking about how and why you should start affiliate marketing on your authority site. Oh, people are going to like that, that one. The oh, money-making yeah. part, yeah. Very nice. Cool. Then, guys, we'll see you tomorrow, and stay safe, and have a good day. Bye. Ciao. Bye.